Welcome to the online sermons at King Street Church. Feel free to listen or watch online at kingstreetchurch.com. We're located at 162 East King Street in the heart of Chambersburg, PA, and would love to see you in person at one of our five Sunday services at 8.15, 9.45, or 11 a.m. We certainly hope you enjoy this morning's message. You may be seated. Wow, what a morning. Isn't that marvelous? We had four baptized today, and we praise Jesus for that because it's all because of Him. In a few hours, we're going to be moving out of uh, 2017 into the new year, uh, 2018. And as we move into that year of 2018, we're going to be moving into January. And the month of January is actually named for a Roman uh, mythological god, uh, Janus, J-N-U-S, who had two faces, one facing back and one facing forward. And that's kind of where we are in a new year. It's good to look back, and it's good to look ahead. Uh, In business, many times, in January, you look back, See how you've done. You look ahead to plan what are we going to do in the new year that is before us. And uh, this morning as I was reading uh, the uh, Daily Bread, the uh, article happened to be on uh, the last day of the year, uh, December uh, 31st. And doing just that, the writer says, as I stepped into the musical field sanctuary, I looked around at the crowd that had gathered uh, for a New Year's Eve party. Joy lifted my uh, heart with hope as I recalled the prayers of the previous year. Our congregation had collectively grieved over wayward children, deaths of loved ones, job losses, and broken relationships. But we also experienced God's grace as we recalled uh, changed hearts and healed uh, personal connections Uh, We had celebrated victories, weddings, graduations, baptisms into God's family, and we welcomed children born, adopted, and dedicated to the Lord, and so much more as we entered that night and began a new year. We are entering a new year of January. On Sunday mornings, uh, I... uh, after I read the Daily Bread, I grab the newspaper and I really look at the important stuff first, and that's the comics. And uh, this morning, almost every comic had something to do with uh, the new year, looking at the old year and the new year. And uh, uh, Peanuts, uh, Charlie Brown and Lucy are together, and good old Lucy. Um, Charlie Brown says, uh, We're going to be, uh, you're going to be proud of me, Lucy. I've decided that this year is going to be my year of decision. This is a list of things in my life that I'm going to correct. I'm going to be a better person. Not me, says Lucy. I'm going to spend this whole year regretting the past. It's the only way, Charlie Brown. I'm going to cry over spilt milk, sigh over lost loves. It's a lot easier. It's too hard to improve. I tried it once, and it drove me crazy. Forget the future is my motto. Regret the past? Oh, how I regret the past. Why did I do this? 
Why did I do that? Why? I regret it all. Oh, what regrets. What remorse. What anguish. What? And Charlie Brown stands there and he just sighs. I hope that you're not uh, like Lucy this morning as you look back over uh, 2017 with regrets and uh, remorse and all of that. We live really beginning a brand new year, and uh, the Apostle Paul in, uh, uh, Ephesians, in Philippians chapter 3 does just exactly that. Paul was in prison in Rome. He had... Uh, uh, had an experience with Christ, as you might recall from the book of Acts, as uh, he uh, was going on his way to Damascus. And in Damascus, he was uh, going to uh, get Christians, uh, put them into prison, and if necessary, he was going to uh, have them killed. And uh, he was on his way to Damascus when all of a sudden, he came face to face with Jesus Christ. And Jesus transformed his life. It was a, one of those uh, um, commitments that we call a black and white commitment. Uh, there was no shade of gray in what happened to the Apostle Paul. He went from hiding, uh, hating Jesus to loving Jesus. He went from a life that was a kind of a good life to a superb life. His life was totally transformed in that uh, particular uh, commitment that he made there on the road to Damascus uh, with Jesus. As we look at the passage of Scripture that uh, is in uh, uh, this uh, uh, Scripture, uh, not uh, uh, that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but why press to on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not uh, consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul, in these verses, said, I have come to the place that I look back and see what has happened in the past. I am living in the present but I'm looking ahead to what God has in front of me. As we look at this passage of Scripture this morning and uh, see what the Apostle Paul has shared with us, in this Scripture, Paul shares about a transformed life through an encounter with Jesus Christ. These four that were baptized this morning, and uh, many of you, maybe all of you this morning, have had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And when we have an encounter with Him, there is a transformation that takes place within our lives. As the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians in uh, chapter 5, he said, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And that's what happened to the Apostle Paul, and that's what he is writing about in this passage of Scripture. I have a past... I want to look back at it and glance at it, but I have a present of walking with Jesus, and I have a future that God is going to open up for me. And as we look this morning, we're going to look at the past as a glance back 
for perspective. In this passage of Scripture, uh, earlier in this chapter, Paul looks back and he says, if anyone thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised in the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, and as for legalistic righteousness, faultless or perfect. Paul looked back and said, wow, I've had a good life. But the problem is, good lives don't get us to heaven. Good lives don't bring us into a relationship with God. And Paul looks back and he said, I had a good life. And so he rejoices about some of the things in the past, but also he looks back with remorse and regret. Probably as Paul was writing this, he looked back and he remembered that day when he stood and watched individuals stone Stephen to death. The scripture doesn't indicate that Paul picked up one stone and threw at the deacon Stephen to kill him. But they'd come and they laid their coats at Saul's feet. And Saul was saying, go ahead and do it. And I'm wondering if he's not looking back with remorse and regret. It's okay to look back. And it's good to look back and to see what God has done in our lives. It's look, good to look back and to see from which God has brought us and to rejoice in that. But we don't want to look back and try to live in the past. There are a number of individuals in the Scripture that turn back. Paul writes to Timothy and he talks about a man by the name of Demas who was with Paul and ministered with Paul, and he writes with sorrow as he said, Demas has left me because he loved this present world. Demas looked back, and he said, Paul, goodbye. I'm going back to my past. In the Old Testament, in chapter 19, we have Lot that uh, had, he and his wife had lived in Sodom. And as you recall, God told to Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom. And it came that day that God said to Lot and his family, get out of Sodom and don't look back. And Lot and his wife and three daughters left Sodom and they were moving toward the place that God had designated for them to go and Lot's wife looked back. And the scripture says she turned into a pillar of salt. A fourth grade Sunday school teacher was teaching this lesson one day. And as she was teaching, a little boy raised his hand. He said, I know what that's like. He said, uh, and the teacher said, how, how do you know what that's like? Well, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, mom was driving uh, uh, me and my little sister to school. And we were in the back seat and we were uh, really... Uh, making noise and arguing and fighting, and mom looked back and turned into a light pole. <laughs> well, the problem with light, Lot's wife was she just didn't glance back and then look forward. She looked back 
And she looked at the past, and she was saying to herself, I don't want to leave that. But the problem is we can't stay in the past and go forward with Jesus. Paul looked back, and he said, Thank you, God, for the things that you did in my life. Thank you for all that you've done. And I want to look back and glance at it, but I don't want to live in the past. There are people that look at the past, and they're like Lot's wife. They kind of want to go back there. And God said, you can't do that. Jesus said, you can't walk with me and live in the past. Also, there are individuals who look at their past And I've talked to many of them over the years who have looked at their past, whether it was physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, whatever it was in their lives, and they haven't been able to get free from that. Even though they're believers in Jesus Christ, they still keep looking back to that. David Seaman wrote a book back in the 70s entitled, Healing for Damaged Emotions. I've taught uh, that book a number of times. And the gist of that book is this. You can't really live with Jesus in the present and move forward with him if you are still looking to the hurts and the damaged emotions of the past. We need to be able to move beyond that with the help of Jesus Christ. Also, There are individuals that look at the past, at the great milestones and the great victories that Jesus gave uh, to them. This morning, if I would ask you, what are some great things that Jesus has done in your life? Probably every one of you would look at some things that you say, boy, my conversion experience, or this particular thing that Jesus did in my life, it was a fantastic thing, or a great worship service that you were involved in. And you'd kind of say, boy, I'd like to go back to that. But the Bible tells us that God is a fresh God. He's a God of the new. Thank God for the things that he's done in the past, but he wants to do something present in our life now and move forward with him. And so it's okay to glance back, but it's not okay to glance back and keep looking back. The Apostle Paul not only shared about looking back for perspective, but a look to present for assurance. In verses uh, 7 through uh, 14, the Apostle Paul says, Whatever was to my profit, I now consider uh, lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a lost compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish or garbage, that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own uh, that comes from uh, the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his uh, sufferings, and uh, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul says, 
I want to live in the present, and I want to live in the present knowing that I'm walking with Jesus Christ. What did he say? I want to know Christ. That's more than just an intellectual knowledge. It's more than saying, oh, yes, I've read about Jesus in the Bible. I've read about him in other books. I know who Jesus is intellectually. But Paul was writing about not just intellectual knowledge, but experiential knowledge. He says, I want to know him intimately within my life. I want to know all that I can know about Jesus. And I thank God that we can know him. Know him as our personal Savior and Lord. Also, he says, I want to possess his righteousness. Paul wrote in those things from the past, and he said, as far as the Jewish law was concerned, I was perfect. I was faultless. I kept every thing in the law. I crossed every T. I dotted every I. I did everything perfectly. But we can't get to God by just living a good life and doing good things. Paul says, I want to have a righteousness that comes to me through Jesus Christ. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, as these individuals this morning confessed that they've done, Jesus comes into our lives and he brings his righteousness into our lives. All of the righteousness that we can live on our own, God says, is filthy rags. It's dirty. But the righteousness that Jesus come, brings into our life is absolutely pure and true. When God looks at me, when God looks at you as a believer, He looks at us through Jesus Christ and His righteousness, and we are pure and holy in our standing before Him. Ray Bachman wrote a book entitled Abundant Life. Tremendous book. And he used an illustration in there that's a farm illustration. I grew up on a farm, and uh, we always had uh, at least 20 or 30 pigs around. And uh, uh, pigs uh, uh, are nice, but they're dirty. <laughs> uh, also, uh, there are two things about pigs that I found out is very true. One is that they are stubborn. If we wanted to put... Uh, 12 pigs on the truck to take them to auction, 10 of them would walk out of the, their pen, walk right up onto the truck without any problem, and two of them would say, Ron, there's no way I'm getting on that truck. And it was a chore trying to get them on there. They were stubborn. But the other thing is, I learned pigs love mud puddles. And if we had them out into the barnyard and there was a mud puddle, guess where they would go? They would go into that mud puddle. And Ray Bachman says, let's say that we wanted to take a pig and clean it up. Now, in just a, a few days, there's going to be a farm show down at Harrisburg. And if you've ever gone there and you went through the, the pig area, uh, you would see individuals uh, washing the pigs 
uh, they would be cleaning them up, and if they were uh, the uh, Yorkshire, the white pigs, they would be washing them and taking talcum powder and putting on them and putting them, uh, making them as clean as could be, and they would put a bow on the tail and bow on the ears, and they would be all cleaned up. And Ray Bachman said, what if we would do that to a pig? And we had the pig standing here, and right over there was a mud puddle. The pig would say, I'm going to go over there. <laughs> and he would go to the mud puddle and get all dirty. And Ray Bachman said, how could we change the pig so that it wouldn't go to the mud puddle? He said, the only way we could do that, if somehow we could get inside the pig and we could change the nature of a pig and that we could guide the pig the way we would want it to go. When we receive Jesus Christ, he comes into our lives, he makes us a new Christian, Jesus lives in us, and we are made new and fresh in him. Jody, in uh, one of the messages that he brought on uh, uh, dealing with uh, the Holy Spirit, he said there are three ways that we can, uh, uh, three different types of, of uh, craft, watercraft that we get in. One is a rowboat. And in a rowboat, we do all the effort to make it move. And another one is to get on a raft. And the raft is kind of subject to whether the water's flowing, whether it's steel, whether the wind's blowing. But the other one is a sailboat. I used to go down, my family and I, down to Harvey Cedars, New Jersey. And uh, George Herbert uh, uh, took uh, his sailboat along, and uh, we would get in the sailboat. And one morning, we went out in the sailboat, and uh, there was a breeze going, and uh, he was teaching me how to sail a sailboat, and I didn't learn very well, but uh, he was good at it. And he said, Ron, we just let the wind blow, and we set the sail, and the wind takes us. And the wind is the Holy Spirit. In Hebrew of the Old Testament and Greek of the New Testament, the word for spirit is the same word for wind. And the Holy Spirit is the one who we can allow come into our lives and can direct us and gives us power and strength. And hurrying on, a look ahead for a transformed life. Paul says in this passage of Scripture, I want to walk with Christ, I want to live with Him, and I want to keep my eye upon Him, forgetting what is the past, so that it no longer controls me. But I want to look unto Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of my faith. Paul uses, as he many times does in his writings, a uh, metaphor from uh, the Olympics. And he uses the runner. And the runner looks at the goal, at the tape, and he puts all of his energy into that in order that he might run. And Paul says, I know that my power and strength comes from Jesus Christ, but I am determined that I'm going to look unto him and know that he is going to help me to run this race for him. I need to keep my eye upon him. I mentioned I grew up in a farm. In my senior year in high school in 1959, 
our neighbor was Harold Forster. And uh, Harold had uh, um, won a number of uh, trophies on the local level and the state level and the national level for plowing contests. And he said, Ron, I think you ought to get in a plowing contest. It's at Niceville on the Myers farm. And I think you need to get in that. And I said, I don't know anything about a plowing contest. He said, I'll teach you. And so he said, you're going to have a plot of ground that was so big, um, laid off in a rectangular shape. And he said, you figure out what your uh, uh, plow shears are, whether it's 12 or 14 inch, and then you measure over from the right side, so many feet and so many inches, and you set your plow there to begin your furrow. And then you go down to the other end, and you measure over again the same distance, and you put a stake there. And then you go back and get on the tractor, and you start plowing forward. And he said, out on your farmall tractor, there is a radiator cap. And I want you to keep your eye on that radiator cap and that stake at the end. And when you get there, just run right over the stake. Don't look back at what you're doing behind you. Keep your eye straight ahead. In Luke chapter 9, the Apostle Paul had three individuals come to him and said, I want to follow you. But each one of them had an excuse. And Jesus said, he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus is not talking about just a glance back at the year 2017 or the things in our past, but it's turning back and keeping our eyes on that rather than our eyes on Jesus Christ. We sang just before I got up here about victory that there is in Jesus. And as we keep our eyes upon Jesus Christ, He is the source of our victory to live the Christian life. In 2018, keep your eyes on Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this morning's message. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to contact us using our online form on our website at kingstreetchurch.com or by calling us here at 717-264-4651 during our regular business hours. Be sure to stop by and see us in person at one of our five Sunday morning services, 8.15 a.m., 2 at 9.45 a.m., as well as 2 at 11 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there.